0: Chapter 4 of Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with a Circus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James O'Connor. Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks with a Circus, by James Otis. Chapter 4 The First Day with the Circus. When Toby awakened and looked around he could hardly realize where he was or how he came there. As far ahead and behind on the road as he could see the carts were drawn up on one side. Men were hurrying to and fro. Orders were being shouted and everything showed that the entry into the town was about to be made. Directly opposite the wagon on which he had been sleeping were the four elephants and two camels. And close behind, contentedly munching their breakfasts, were a number of tiny ponies. Troops of horses were being groomed and attended to. The road was littered with saddles, flags, and general decorations until it seemed to Toby that there must have been a smash up and that he now beheld ruins rather than systematic disorder. How different everything looked now compared to the time when the cavalcade marched into gilford dazzling everyone with the gorgeous display then the horses pranced gaily under their gaudy decorations the wagons were bright with glass gilt and flags the lumbering elephants and awkward camels were covered with fancifully embroidered velvets and even the drivers of the wagons were resplendent in their uniforms of scarlet and gold now in the gray light of the early morning everything was changed the horses were tired and muddy and wore old and dirty harness the gilded chariots were covered with mud-bespattered canvas which caused them to look like the most ordinary of market wagons the elephants and camels looked dingy dirty almost repulsive and the drivers were only a sleepy-looking set of men who in their shirt sleeves were getting ready for the change which would dazzle the eyes of the inhabitants of the town. Bobby descended from his lofty bed, rubbed his eyes to thoroughly awaken himself, and under the guidance of Ben went to a little brook nearby and washed his face. He had been with the circus not quite ten hours, but now he could not realize that it had ever seemed bright and beautiful. He missed his comfortable bed, the quiet and cleanliness, and the well-spread table, even although he had felt the lack of parents' care. Uncle Daniel's home seemed the very abode of love and friendly feeling compared to this condition, where no one appeared to care even enough for him to scold at him. He was thoroughly homesick, and heartily wished that he was back in his old native town while he was washing his face in the brook he saw some of the boys who had come out from the town to catch the first glimpse of the circus and he saw at once that he was the object of their admiring gaze he heard one of the boys say when they first discovered him there's one of them and he's only a little fellow so i'm going to talk to him the evident admiration which the boys had for toby pleased him and this pleasure was the only drop of comfort he had had since he started he hoped they would come and talk with him and that they might have the opportunity he was purposely slow in making his toilet the boys approached him shyly as if they had their doubts whether he was made of the same material as themselves and when they got quite near to him and satisfied themselves that he was only washing his face in much the same way that any well-regulated boy would do the one who had called attention to him said, half timidly, Hello? Hello, responded Toby, in a tone that was meant to invite confidence. Do you belong to the circus? Yes, said Toby, a little doubtfully. Then the boy stared at him again, as if he were one of the strange-looking animals, and the one who had been the spokesman drew a long breath of envy, as he said longingly, my what a nice time you must have toby remembered that only yesterday he himself had thought that boys must have a nice time with a circus and he now felt what a mistake that thought was but he concluded that he would not undeceive his new acquaintance and do they give you frogs to eat so's to make you limber this was the first time that toby had thought of breakfast and the very mention of eating made him hungry He was just at that moment so very hungry that he did not think he was replying to the question when he said quickly, Eat frogs. I could eat anything if I only had the chance. The boys took this as an answer to their question and felt perfectly convinced that the agility of circus riders and tumblers depended upon the quantity of frogs eaten, and they looked upon Toby with no little degree of awe toby might have undeceived them as to the kind of food he ate but just at that moment the harsh voice of mr job lord was heard calling him and he hurried away to commence his first day's work toby's employer was not the same pleasant kindly spoken man that he had been during the time they were in gilford and before the boy was absolutely under his control he looked cross he acted cross and it did not take the boy very long to find out That he was very cross he scolded Toby roundly and launched more oaths at his defenseless head than Toby had ever heard in his life he was angry that the boy had not been on hand to help him and also that he had been obliged to hunt for him Toby tried to explain that he had no idea of what he was expected to do and that he had been on the wagon to which he had been sent only leaving it to wash his face but the angry man grew still more furious went to wash your face did you want to set yourself up for a dandy I suppose and think that you must souse that speckled face of yours into every brook you come to I'll soon break you of that and the sooner you understand that I can't afford to have you wasting your time in washing the better it will be for you Toby now grew angry and not realizing how holy he was in the man's power, he retorted. If you think I'm going round with a dirty face, even if it is speckled for a dollar a week, you're mistaken. That's all. How many folks would eat your candy if they knew you handled it over before you washed your hands? Oh, oh, I've picked up a preacher, have I? Now I want you to understand, my bantam, that I do all the preaching as well as the practicing myself and this is about as quick a way as I know of to make you understand it. As the man spoke, he grasped the boy by the coat collar with one hand, and with the other plied a thin rubber cane with no gentle force to every portion of Toby's body that he could reach. Every blow caused the poor boy the most intense pain, but he determined that his tormentor should not have the satisfaction of forcing an outcry from him and he closed his lips so tightly that not a single sound could escape from them this very silence enraged the man so much that he redoubled the force and rapidity of his blows and it is impossible to say what might have been the consequences had not been come that way just then and changed the aspect of affairs up to your old tricks of whipping the boys are you job he said "'as he wrested the cane from the man's hand "'and held him off at arm's length "'to prevent him from doing Toby more mischief. "'Mr. Lord struggled to release himself "'and insisted that since the boy was in his employ "'he should do with him just as he saw fit. "'Now look here, Mr. Lord,' said Ben, "'as gravely as if he were delivering "'some profound piece of wisdom. "'I've never interfered with you before,' But now, I'm going to stop your game of thrashing your boy every morning before breakfast. You just tell this youngster what you want him to do, and if he don't do it, you can discharge him. If I hear of your flogging him, I shall attend to your case at once. You hear me? Ben shook the now terrified candy vendor much as if he had been a child, and then released him, saying to Toby as he did so, "Now, my boy." you attend to your business as you ought to and i'll settle his account if he tries the flogging game again you see i don't know what there is for me to do sobbed toby for the kindly interference of ben had made him show more feeling than mr lord's blows had done tell him what he must do said ben sternly i want him to go to work and wash the tumblers and fix up the things in that green box so we can commence to sell as soon as we get into town, snarled Mr. Lord, as he motioned toward a large green chest that had been taken out of one of the carts, and which Toby saw was filled with dirty glasses, spoons, knives, and other utensils, such as were necessary to carry on the business. Toby got a pail of water from the brook, hunted around and found towels and soap, And devoted himself to his work with such industry that mr Lord could not repress a grunt of satisfaction as he passed him, however angry he felt because he could not administer the whipping which would have smoothed his ruffled temper. By the time the procession was ready to start for the town, Toby had as much of his work done as he could find that it was necessary to do, and his master, in his surly way, half-acknowledged that this last boy of his was better than any he had had before. Although Toby had done his work so well, he was far from feeling happy. He was both angry and sad, as he thought of the cruel blows that had been inflicted, and he had plenty of leisure to repent of the rash step he had taken, although he could not see very clearly how he was to get away from it. He thought that he could not go back to Guilford, for uncle daniel would not allow him to come to his house again and the hot scalding tears ran down his cheeks as he realized that he was homeless and friendless in this great big world it was while he was in this frame of mind that the procession all gaudy with flags streamers and banners entered the town under different circumstances this would have been a most delightful day for him for the entrance of a circus into guildford had always been a source of one day's solid enjoyment but now he was the most disconsolate and unhappy boy in all that crowd he did not ride throughout the entire route of the procession for mr lord was anxious to begin business and the moment the tending ground was reached the wagon containing mr lord's goods was driven into the enclosure and toby's day's work began he was obliged to bring water to cut up the lemons fetch and carry fruit from the booth in the big tent to the booth on the outside until he was ready to drop with fatigue and having had no time for breakfast was nearly famished it was quite noon before he was permitted to go to the hotel for something to eat and then Ben's advice to be one of the first to get to the tables was not needed in the eating line that day he astonished the servants, the members of the company, and even himself, and by the time he arose from the table, with both pockets and his stomach full to bursting, the tables had been set and cleared away twice while he was making one meal. Well, I guess you didn't hurry yourself much, said mr Lord when Toby returned to the circus ground. Oh, yes, I did, was Toby's innocent reply. "'I ate just as fast as I could,' and a satisfied smile stole over the boy's face as he thought of the amount of solid food he had consumed. The answer was not one which was calculated to make Mr. Lord feel any more agreeably disposed toward his new clerk, and he showed his ill temper very plainly as he said, "'It must take a good deal to satisfy you.' "'I suppose it does,' calmly replied Toby sam merrill used to say that i took after aunt olive and uncle Dan'l. one ate a good while and the other ate awful fast toby could not understand what it was that mr lord said in reply but he could understand that his employer was angry at somebody or something and he tried unusually hard to please him he talked to the boys who had gathered around to induce them to buy washed the glasses as fast as they were used tried to keep off the flies, and in every way he could think of, endeavored to please his master. End of chapter 4 Recording by James O'Connor Randolph, Massachusetts August 2010